0: Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, Ambassador of 805 Connect, and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman & Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. Thanks to our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick.
1: Hi, Mark. Nice to see you today.
0: So today we are talking, I'm thrilled about today, we're talking with Noah Benshe, and we've known each other, what, 30 years, probably? <laughs> I'm feeling older already. <laughs> how are you this
2: morning? I'm great, thank you. Our, I, uh, last time I checked in with myself, that's one of the things we have to do in life.
0: Noah, we were introduced, I, oh, I know how we met. We met at a fundraiser for the Santa Barbara Film Festival. Uh, you and I had, uh, the the gods had set us next to each other, and the wives were out doing something. And we got talking, and I think we found 18 things t- that we had in common in about f- 11 minutes. I, I think it was
2: one of those, I always borrow from Einstein a bit,
0: when he says, uh, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. <laughs> you know, you know, I, and I want to alert our listener to go grab a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper because Noah, you are the most quotable person I've ever met in my life. And when I listen to you, I tend to write down things because you, um, I've learned, I I say you talk in tweets, (laughs) you know, they're, they're really short and bite-sized things that each one are, are a meditation unto themselves. That's uh, as is very kind thank you uh, My wife reminds uh,
2: friends that uh, well Noah will be invited to speak to the largest corporations for uh, very significant fees if he meets you on an airplane he'll tell you the same thing for free because that's just who he is so exactly. uh, I try to bring just who I am to this conversation
0: and and you've done that uh, so many times you and I have met and talked and it I love how we can get to 50,000 feet very quickly well you know it's interesting one time i asked i'm friends for a long time with uh,
2: we know him popularly as, as ramdas and i asked him uh, one time some years back whether he still did drugs and he said no he said i found you don't have to get high you just have to stop doing the things that are bringing you down so wow. i so i think wow. that when we talk we we drop the sandbags and uh, elevation is something that just occurs
0: I invited you onto the show because, first off, you inspire me so much, and you ins- have inspired mi- literally millions of people. And this show, this eight to five conversation, is meant to kind of find those interesting voices in the community to inspire, maybe to inform, and to have some kind of call to action. So that can the person who's listening today be 1% better as a result of listening. You know I uh, <clears throat> if you if you look in the
2: if you look in the first pages of the text that is central to the judeo-christian islamic experience it says that god blew into the red earth and created man. The word for red in hebrew is adam so the person that's created is named adam. And the first breath that animated the red earth was the breath of God. Now, any of us who have ever taken a breath know that the only thing we can do is release the breath. Hmm. How long can you hmm. hold your breath? So consequently, hmm. to be inspired means to be filled with breath. So we have. Hmm. So, if the first person was inspired with the breath of God, and if breath cannot be held and only shared, then the first breath, the first breath of the divine, the created and animated life is still in circulation. So we are all, if you will, mm. conspiring, because that means to breathe together. We are all mm. conspiring because we have all been inspired. To know that about your life is to elevate your
0: life. See, everybody, it begins. That's, that's, <laughs> that, but that's how it is, all right? Uh, I, I love, I've loved words my entire life. I've absolutely loved words. And what I love about you, which is reminds me of, uh, Uh, a Hapkido master trainer that we have, he explains words as he's going. And when you have the context of that word, I did not know spire was breath and inspire, conspire, aspire, Uh, right? Aspire. Yes. Right. And that... That's there's my one percent for the day. I'm done. We're finished. Thank you, everybody. You can roll hey, credits.
2: Well, you know, Scripture reminds us we're not expected to finish the work, but neither are we excused from it. So let's start with uh, the one percent, and uh, you know, nothing changes uh, altitude
0: like attitude. So we'll 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 bring that to it. So the thing, one of the things I love about you, and we we invited you to. Um, be the inspiration at our uh, TEDx American Riviera. People you. can Google and find that. And uh, one of the things I love about that is you're able to kind of riff on a subject, and and I could probably just throw any of a thousand subjects at you, and you would get them. So today, what I, I where I want to end up, what I'd like from this. The person who's listening to this is probably a small business person, entrepreneur. Uh, they, 90% of the businesses here in the region are less than uh, three people. Those people have a passion for that thing that they're doing in life. They're, they're thrilled about that thing, but there's 135 other things that they've gotta be good at to be successful in business. And I wanna talk about mindfulness today because I think you're, a, you know, you're the king of that. If if king's maybe not the right word, you you are uh, an expert in mindfulness and helping people to understand that. I'm, I'm just going to leave now with the gratitude for for that
2: appellation, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, thank
0: you, Mark. That's very very kind of you to say those words. Will you advise? You know CEOs and and uh, heads of state, and you have done this your whole career. I I, I read that you're um, noted on sixty thousand websites. So let's bring it down to you know that the corner store, if you will. That. You know, this region is made up of you know thousands of people who've put quality of life above everything else because they want to live here. It's cheaper elsewhere. It's easier to find people elsewhere. And, and this is is also my home, so I've made that decision as well. Exactly. You know, for... Exactly. So, I'm not exactly sure where to start, but let's just start with how do they get through a busy day and stay mindful to what's important. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a great question, and let me start by uh, uh,
2: suggesting um, this consciousness that we, we bring to it. We live on a little blue ball spinning in space at 1,060 miles an hour. Uh, any of us can find our balance at a moment and lose our balance at a moment. There is no mission accomplished. So when one says, how does one bring mindfulness to the day, you bring mindfulness to the day the same way one brings mindfulness to, uh, to a relationship with your wife, with your children, with the people you work with, and indeed, all relationships that we would have with others begin with our relationship with ourselves. And if we're gonna have a relationship with time, that relationship with time begins with having a relationship with the moment that you're in. So if we could, not to, uh, to make this sound uh, uh, too, uh, too uh, flip, is to uh, you know be here now be in the moment that's always uh, that's always a great challenge and if you say that to people they say that's that sounds a little trite and I said well yes but sometimes the truth is trite so you have to you have to be able to come to that. I think about uh, stop and pause and catch your breath and be in this moment Uh, there's a line in uh, my book Jacob the Baker where he says an eternity is any moment opened with patience Right? Mm. So mm. come, so come with patience to the moment, and it it transforms your life because the faster you're going in life, the sooner life is a blur. So you want to try and come to the moment uh, from a business perspective, and I am a guy who. Uh, one of my love affairs is loving food. A number of years back, I thought it would be fun to start a bakery. It didn't turn out to be fun. It turned out to be a success. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it had all the challenges inherent you know, with it. One of the things we realize in any business that anyone is involved in is that what you think you're you, – <laughs> the business you're in is not the business you're in. The business mm, you're in, and mm. for the most part, in almost every business anybody in, is dealing with yourself and the people around you. If they ask people uh, the biggest struggle that most people have in their business life, they'll say it's managing the people who are managing them, right, and how they walk, and everybody sort of plays the the same thing. One time I saw the great uh, business guru uh, Peter Drucker on the air uh, at the end of a year, and they asked him what was the first question that he asked when he was the consultant to the chairman of General Motors or the chairman of GE, and he said, my first question is always the same, do you know what business you're in? right? So I think you have to stop and and think about that. So if you think that you watch, for example, the news in the morning on TV and you think, oh, I'm watching CNN and their business is to bring me the news. No, their business is to bring eyeballs to the news so they can sell ads, right? Mm -hmm. Let's not be confused that their responsibility Mm -hmm. is to bring us the news. Uh, So I think the first thing I would ask people to think about to be in the moment uh, is the best way to be with their time and then to realize what business are you in? For example... I, ma- I manufactured bread products at one point, but I know that the, that the business I was in was to be a source of strength to others. And after a lifetime of dealing in words, if, if you ask my son when he was younger what his father did, his, he would say my father types. I wanted to do something <laughs> other than speak, sim- than speak with words. I wanted to actually literally feed people. And feed, mm. and feed their mm. souls, mm. and bread was an aspect to doing it. So stop mm. and think about the business you're in. If you're a photographer, you may think you're in the business of selling black and white photos, but you're really in the business of trying to put images in front of yourself and bring images to people's lives that will will connect with them uh, uh, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, in the same way as you were first moved to do that in your life,
0: for example. So I want to take a minute now, so someone could hit pause on the podcast and say, what business am I in? And I, and they would answer the kind of the obvious question. Mm-hmm. How do they, if you were there helping them, guiding them through that exercise, you know, they say, oh, well, I'm, I, we build private social networks. Mm-hmm. You would say, okay, that's the, is it the what, or is it, are you really looking at the why? Why are you in business? Not what, what do you do? I, uh, they
2: when we met,
0: uh, there were some questions uh, that you were dealing
2: with in your life. And you the, part of our conversation, we'd have breakfast together, you mm. asked me. And um, I tried to construct um, uh, a dynamic uh, uh, compass, if you will, that would help mm. people mm. deal with things. Uh, I felt that uh, a long time ago, we constructed these points of northeast, south, and west so people could find their way. And uh, I don't think while pe- well, people today are often lost, they're not lost uh, directionally. But they are lost hmm. in a lot of other ways that they're trying to find their way. So I, I created uh, what, I, what I was Noah's compass, if you will, and I changed the guidance points on that compass to help people deal with things. Uh, on that compass, I, uh, if you look at a compass, it functions off magnetic north, and magnetic north uh, on my compass is humility, because absent of humility, uh, you can't find your way to anything. It isn't by chance that Aristotle said that, um, that, uh, uh, that honesty is the portal to all wisdom, and Aristotle, by all regards, was a pretty bright guy. But if honesty is the, is the portal to all wisdom, humility is the portal to all honesty. So, and it isn't mm-hmm. that that hubris is the first of the seven deadly sins. So it, it's always being caught in one's pride is the first is the first big um, swamp in anyone's life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you can connect with humility, if you can connect with getting your ego out of the way, not confusing, as they say in psychology, how you feel with who you are. If you can get your ego out of the way for a moment, then you can honestly look at things. Uh, all self transformation requires self witnessing self witnessing requires mm-hmm. one to get mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. from on- from humility you can get to honesty. That would be east, what I call. It. That is, until you can be humble, you can't be honest. If you're, if you need to dominate your wife, then you can't be honest with your wife. If you need to dominate your employees, you can't be dominant. You can't be in an honest relationship with your employees. If you need to dominate your children, you cannot be in an honest relationship with your children. So, for or yourself, clearly. So, from humility, you can get to honesty. From honesty, you can get to passion. That's south of my on my compass. Passion is are the heat of life. You have to have mm-hmm. passion. Mm-hmm. And if you look at mm-hmm. compassion, that literally oh. means in Latin with passion. So compassion is passionate caring. So if you are humble and if you are honest and if you are passionate about what you're doing, the rest of it is... They asked the Buddha. They asked the Dao monks one time how they could ride the horse in the dire- How they could ride the horse without holding on, and they say, ride it in the direction it's going. <laughs> if you are, if you offer humility and honesty and passion, love of something in your life, hmm. the rest hmm. is turn it over to God. Be in a state of faith. Faith doesn't mean it is. It's a difference between giving up and giving and letting go. So if you are exercising humility and honesty and passion, let it go. The remarkable thing to remember about success in this world is you are not in charge, right? Mm. I'll give you a short... I know that I'm going Mm. a bit, but let me give you a shorthand. Number one illness in the world, depression. Number one reason for depression, stress. Number one stress, people trying to be in control of what is out of their control. (laughs) You are not in charge of what the world delivers to your door. You are in charge of your response. Cue point, respond, don't react. So from humility to honesty to passion to faith. That's what I would say anybody trying to put their interior checklist together Mm -hmm. to be in the Mm -hmm. moment, to be in a relationship, in a relationship with what you do, right? But here's the final caveat. Our work, and I say this to every entrepreneur, to every person, whether you think you're in business or not, our work in this life is not what we do, but who we are.
1: Hmm. Take that, Mark. (laughs) <laughs> He's stymied you.
0: No, I it, it, again, you may want to pause and just think about that because there, there in, in that four and a half minutes, is a four and a half hour meditation. Easily. Well, it's been,
2: uh, I'd like to tell you that I'm four and a half minutes old, but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh Someone very close to him one time said that uh, Noah's a 2,000-year-old teacher temporarily inhabiting a young man's body. I'm hoping that temporary lasts uh, for me considerably too. longer. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, maybe Let me share something with you that I've been working on. Okay. That's... Um, It's the beginning. I I have uh, have, uh, three books in the Jacob the Baker series that have touched a lot of lives. And um, people ask me, are you and Jacob the same person? And I'd always answer, yes, except I'm the one with character flaws, right? That's the way I would distinguish (laughs) the two of us. Uh, And I hadn't written a Jacob uh, book in uh, 20 years. And I, about three years ago, I decided I wanted to come and speak to what I had learned in the last 20 years or rethought about what I thought I knew. Oh, if Mm -hmm. only I knew now what Mm -hmm. I knew, no, I knew then. So I finished a new uh, Jacob book, it's called What Grows Never Grows Old, and uh, I'm in the process of deciding on publishers, and at the beginning of it, I wrote something about this man witnessing himself getting a little older, witnessing his life on reflection, and speaking to anyone else at any place in their life. And it goes like this, if you'll bear with me. It's called, it says, Wake Me. Do not come to tell me of the long sleep ahead. Come instead to wake me and make me see the moon. Do not come to tell me the hour's growing late, come instead to shake me and tell me light is on the lake. Do not come to tell me I must be cautious in my ways, come instead and promise if I live a life that's bold, what grows will not grow old. Do not come to tell me this life's a slender thread, come instead to point the way and compass me, there is a road ahead. Do not come to tell me worries I should fear, Come instead to sing to me songs of faith I wait to hear. Do not come to tell me the loss of who is gone. Come instead to tell me all passes, nothing's gone. Do not come to tell me life is sad. Come instead to laugh and heal with me for health and love are reason to be glad. Do not come to tell me of the long sleep ahead. Come instead to wake me. Come instead to teach me. Come instead so I will know the here and now is now and here. And those are blessed who, in God's grace, find rest from their fear. Hmm. Wow. Wake me. Wake me. I I I. I could write a thesis on that.
1: Yeah. You know. I
2: just want to. I want. You know. Let 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 us say uh, that this is a show dedicated to people who are trying to be more successful in business, but. If you think that your nine to five life and your five to nine life are different lives, then you're just living a schizophrenic experience. Mm -hmm. You know, this is you. you, The 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 business in your life is also you know make realizing your life is that's your business, that's your business, and to honor both elevates all because all my friends is, (laughs) it's a breath, it's a breath in a moment.
1: Well, okay, so I, I very often, uh, when, when sitting with people who've had a lot more experience than me, I try to uh, uh, investigate in them what, they've, uh, what they might have that I need. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is, is that as, as you write this about this internal, or as you, as you talk about this, this internal uh, understanding in yourself, and that, that that's kind of a big part of it is just understanding yourself and where you're at, how do you deal then with the um, or what what is some advice you might have uh, to to process when you have six clients or a, a group of people that are, are, are coming after you with deadlines coming after you with with all of this like they are clear, they're not on the same doctrine they're not in the same emotional how do you how do you diffuse that
2: well uh, I always think one of the first things to do is to get straight right you have to be if I'm if we look on the compass by humility and honesty to be honest with yourself in that process of being honest with oneself. Um, Let's just look at this for a second. Most of us or oftentimes find that we're not honest with others because we're afraid they won't like us or they will reject us or Uh think less of us. So we wait until we get really, really angry, and then we let the honesty come out. But the honesty, when it comes out then, comes out behind all this anger. Mm. And then people have to swim through the anger. So that's one part about being straight with the people that you're working with. The second thing that I would bring to that conversation is everybody who's coming after you with a uh, tong and hammer, as they used to say, or with their <laughs> own, uh, is to realize that everybody is coming with their own agenda. So when you, when you take it personally, you're putting your ego in charge of their agenda. Mm. People don't do, th- stay with me on this one, friends, people don't do things to you. They do things for them right? In everybody's life, they are their first agenda. So then if you then, when you meet them, if you really are meeting their agenda rather than their complaint, then you can speak to the agenda, and you're not confusing. So, when you come home and you and your uh, and your you, your wife ask when you ask your wife what's wrong, and she says nothing, you know damn straight there is something wrong, right? <laughs> what isn't said between people is also heard. So, the question is, what are you are you listening to their what they're saying out here, or are you listening to the agenda? Then you, because in every conversation. There is what what uh, philosophers and uh, psycholinguists have come to understand as the meta-dialogue. That is, even as we sit here in this booth having this conversation, uh, I could I could be thinking about darn, I really hope those people at Schwab where I parked my car remember that I told them I was parking my car there. And Mark can be thinking, this is a really great conversation, but I got to keep him on track to keep it in the business mode. And the and you uh, are saying to yourself, that's a really great point, Noah. Don't forget to talk into the mic. right? <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's a meta dialogue. So in every conversation. So I think when we do that, everybody says, wait a sec, let's all just sort of come down here a minute. A number of years back, I was asked to give this address at the U.S. Air Force Academy, and I was there, and I talked about uh, about the, how... Um, a compass for leaders and they said well give us an example i said well i'll give you let's say there's a colonel who's in charge this was a big amphitheater with all the generals and colonels and a lot of brass shining in the top rows mm. looked like an operating theater and the bottom row where the cadets are there. so i said let's imagine this guy's a colonel he's in charge of a real lifetime uh uh, um, uh in the moment uh of uh, a missile uh, uh, theater and uh, he's on the way to the office in the morning his wife is driving and they get in a screaming argument I said, now he gets to this place and all this information that's coming at him is supposed to be real life, no bias, straight ahead, objective information. But all this information is coming to him through the red screen of that argument with his wife. Mm. So it requires each of us at any moment, again, I come back to this compass, clear, clear your need to be in charge, get to humility, get to honest, get to caring. And that's what you can do in any conversation. Because at the end of the day, you can't do anybody else's work you can be honest with you can be honest with people and you can be loving with people that's it you're not in charge of that that's all you can do so when people ask me what do you think and i give them my opinion i remind them i'm not a therapist i'm not looking for them to show up at my house on wednesdays at 10:30 <laughs> i'm going to be as with as much brevity and directness as i can and with loving because that's my agenda is to be a source of strength to others. So when you're doing business with people and they've got all of their own agenda, try to be clear on your agenda. Try to be clear on their agenda, which is subcutaneous to the general the agenda we tend to think is the matter at hand, right? I mean, you, we come home and your, and your wife says, where do you want to go to dinner? This is a classic. I don't want to sound like men are from Mars and women are from Venus kind of thing. But, you know, where do you want to go to dinner? Men take pride in answering it. Women want to talk about it. Right. So if you answer the question, you're not serving the conversation from their perspective. And you have to understand it in any conversation you're in that everybody is coming at it from their
0: perspective. I'm going to shift a bit. I want to go back. You're 23 years old. You're an associate dean at UCLA. So there was that... I'm thinking about the six months before that. Tell me what it was in you that wanted you to achieve that lofty goal at such an early age. So, it's the, the six months before you hadn't got the job yet. You
2: know, I think it was Sartre who said, Life is lived forwards and understood backwards. Um, uh, that's 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 a great question. I hope by finding that quote, I'd give me another five seconds to think about this uh, this question in all in all candor. I, I think that um, uh, I sometimes when you're trying to find your way in life, it's you're in a, uh, a a dark tunnel, and you have to find your way simply by trying to feel your way, hmm. uh, inch by inch. And I have been blessed in my life that there have been other people who have witnessed me and reminded me what I'm here to do. And mm. when they've mm. reminded me, I've nodded like, oh, yes, that's what my attention was. Mm. But I couldn't witness it myself. Um, we we are often blind to ourselves. And I, uh, I've found that repeatedly. And I've been blessed to be in the company of some really remarkable people across time who have been an ally to me and reminded me why I'm here because I got to tell you, Mark, I, um, I was a kid from a very humble background. Uh, and I was the first person in my family that graduated from high school, let alone from university. My parents were great. We moved a lot. I was trying to, you know, they were trying to make a living. And God blessed me with certain talents. My father reminded me that you have been blessed, but you're not here just to get your head down in the trough, your head to do something else with it. And I remember walking on the street when I was a very young man around this time, you're asking me, and really looking up to heaven and saying, God, and crying and crying, literally mm. by myself walking mm. on a street one day. I'm not inclined to cry on streets, but I, this was a moment, honest. And I looked up the heaven and I said, God, thank you. Thank you for these talents you have given me. Now will you tell me just what the hell I'm supposed to do with it? (laughs) You know? Because I meet people now and they say, oh, you're an international best-selling author. You spoke in the Library of Congress. You've been not afraid for a Pulitzer Prize. You've met presidents. It all seems like it was a plan in reflection. Sure, but I can assure you it was very much just trying to find my way in the dark and feel what is the not only not only what feels good but what feels right mm-hmm. right and I've got to tell you, brother that um, I'm a better man for the humility of the mistakes that I made. This is not some uh, you know felonies that I'm confessing to <laughs> but all of us but all of us have uh, um, there is a, there is an old sign from from Saint from a Aqu- uh, saying uh, from Aquinas that says you know uh, 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 no no, uh, no sinner no saint without a past no sinner without a future
0: hmm. so there you go no saint without a past no sinner without a future yeah yeah yet another reason to pause the podcast and just <laughs> ruminate on that one I've heard the the, the beginning of that but the second part of it. It's, it's huge. The, the, Talmud, the Talmud says, great men, great flaws.
2: I remind people, uh, the inverse of that is not necessarily true. So great flaws don't necessarily make great men. Mm. But, <laughs> but to, you know, uh, sometimes greatness is uh, witnessing and being transformed by your flaws.
0: Let's talk about witnessing for a second. Over the last week, I've had conversations about being contemplative and about witnessing myself. We, we call it turning on your watcher. Think about it as, uh, for our younger audience, mounting a GoPro about three feet above you mm-hmm. and to the left, kind of watching your whole life, and you be that witness to your life. That's a really good thing to get really good at, isn't it?
2: I, I used to uh, I used to think that the, uh, the, the Buddha's great lesson that uh, all suffering was born from attachment was the profound foundational truth. Mm. Uh while back, I've come to realize that uh, mindfulness is the basis out of which one can come to uh, uh, release to non-attachment. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. So I, I, I think... Um, I think it's hugely important because, particularly in the society, we're so <coughs> seduced to think that uh, what our ego wants is what we want, and to be congratulatory when the, when our ego achieves it. But uh, you know, somebody once said that hunger is the best spice. Uh, the ego is never without hunger. So there is—you never come to any moment of peace with yourself if you're always being directed by something which isn't, which isn't happy for who it is, but happy for what it might yet get, might yet get, might yet. So I—I think that uh, mindfulness is really taking that time to pause and uh, take, uh, as I said before, all all transformation, all personal transformation, certainly begins with uh, with, with self witnessing. And uh, I, I've, uh, until one's prepared to be a, an honest witness to oneself, uh, I, I think you're just going to be caught in what I call the, the classic, um, my definition of neurosis is when people do something which is negative but familiar over something which is healthy but new. Hmm. And they won't witness themselves in that caughtness and choose that caughtness uh, and disguise it as, um, as that's just who I am, you know, and that the profound sadness of that, of course, is all the intergenerational, uh, spousal abuse, child abuse, alcoholism, which passes because here's the deal until you pay attention to you, you will not have any transformation. I mean, I pay attention. I don't mean treat yourself to, uh, to a big car. I'm talking about to treating, you know, to treating yourself to why you want that. I'm not, I'm, I'm, it doesn't what you, it's like, until you, and then I say to people, will you do this? And a lot of times people won't do it for themselves, but when they stop to think that if they don't do it, they're passing it to the next generation and to the next, that's profoundly sad. That's just profoundly sad. The same way, if I wait just for a second to go to the other side of this, there's a line that I wrote in for about five years. I did a weekly column for the New York Times and the paper here was owned by the Times then. And, um, uh, one, I did about Remember This My Children, and they used that one of those lines, and some companies have taken thoughts of mine and put it on sugar packets. They're <laughs> called Sugar for the Soul. They're all around the country. You can get at them at Anderson's Bakery, <laughs> downtown
0: Santa Barbara.
2: So one of the thoughts they have in this that I wrote was, because this is the flip side of that, is do not kiss your children so they will kiss you back, but so they will kiss their children mm-hmm. and their children's children. Mm-hmm. In our life, the positive is passed forward and the negative is passed forward, you know, have to say to ask yourself. if Imagine you're sitting at a buffet of people and someone said, "Will you pass that?" You have to ask, "Oh, what is that that I'm passing?"
1: Mm.
0: You know, there were 18 things in that. <laughs> <laughs> and sure, I, 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 I go starting with seven first. I, he, I've been thinking a lot about. I'm. I just had a recent birthday. I'm 62. Happy birthday! Uh, thank you. And, happy! Br-
2: uh, I throw this in just to throw a happy birthday to anyone
0: who is busy being born. Mm-hmm. There you go. And it, I'm now when I, I reach th- this age where um, I'm gonna listen to wake me again and again. It's not about the end. It's really about being present. I feel like I'm learning a lot of things, the life lessons now in my sixth decade. Mm-hmm. And I'm surrounded with people that are 20 and 30 years old. 805 Connect brings me in contact with lots of young business people. And I, I want those lessons to be imparted to them now so they have 40 years of being able to enjoy that. I was fortunate enough to um, read um, I'm Okay, You're Okay when I was 19. And I felt like that was fundamental to helping me at a very early age, how does someone put a priority, who's young, who's living life and is busy and just very put a a priority on mindfulness, on being present? It, It feels like something I'm only getting to now as I'm 60, and I wish someone had sat me down and said, the most important thing you could do is 10 minutes a day of being quiet and meditating. Because I've been told that my whole life, and I never did it until very, very recently. And it's fundamentally changing the, the core structure of how I am. Well,
2: we must have read different books at 19, because at 19, I, wrote, I read I'm Okay, You, I'm Not Sure About. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will <won't. laughs> right, Here's my take on this. Um, when uh when my kids were little people forewarned me about the terrible twos or the awful this what I've learned is that there are the terrible twos, the awful twenty-twos, the confused forty-fours, the I'm not certain sixty-six, mm-hmm. and it keeps going and going. Uh if you think that um you're gonna say something on this show or I'm gonna say if I'm let me put a take a bring it to myself. If I think I'm gonna say something on this show and that there are going to be ten thousand people who hear this and say Oh my gosh, my life is transformed. Uh, you know, I'm I'm involved in my own in my own struggle with drugs. If I if I believe that, uh, most of us don't lack for information. What most of us lack for is the character to act on the information at hand. Mm-hmm. That's the struggle in life. It's a character struggle because people said things to you at 22 that were wise, as you said, "I'm okay, you're okay," but it took you until this time to do it. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Right. And mm, curiously, mm, vice mm. versa and vice versa works that way. Right. If you're, if you're a, the te- when the teacher is ready, the student will appear. And oftentimes, um, this is a, tr- uh, a, a, a very common aspect that, that parents do not often realize what they in fact are teaching their children. Right. Mm. And children oftentimes do not realize, right, right. That uh, that they are teachers, right? it plays both ways. The having the the character to act on the information at hand. I've like, uh, uh, I for about seven or eight years, I've been asked to play a role as a national philosopher for some uh, organizations in the recovery industry. A group out of uh, Nashville, Cal Foundations Recovery Network, and. Uh, I can assure you that uh, part of my work is uh, I'm, I'm not in recovery, but uh, addiction is emblematic of something else being profoundly wrong in your life. And I have thought about these things, but if I thought that I was talking to somebody and I said to them, you're a junkie and that's a bad thing to be. And they said, gee, Noah, that's a great idea. No one's ever told me that. <laughs> right. Well, why don't I stop being a junkie? Right. I just, Noah just told me that's a terrible thing to be. Uh, you know, whatever. <clears throat> so it's a, it's about helping people to find the character to act on the thing. And so, what'll happen is you will you will tell people if people there was things that I knew at 22 and forgot at 32, hmm. right? There were things – there were you know. I so said there was a character in my books. He says I remember it like it was yesterday. Only I can't remember what happened yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. The flip side was Oscar Wilde said, "I love I love this guy. I'm not young enough to know everything."
0: Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Mm.
2: so there is there, there is that about being
0: young too um so for uh, my walk i've got a walk and talk this afternoon with my uh, two-year-old grandson and uh his mom's dropping him off and there the, the idea of like we could go to the park we could go to this we could do this and i said i love walk and talks why can't i take my two-year-old on a walk and talk
2: I, I think I, I not only suggest it,
0: I would suggest uh, do a walk and listen. Hmm. And in, ask, in this case, it's a walk and watch. She said, <laughs> Pops, you, if you want to take him a walk, we did two miles yesterday. Yeah. Uh, be prepared. He will investigate everything. And I said, oh, I can't wait. That'll be fantastic.
2: Well, t- to that point, uh, children oftentimes don't listen to what their parents say. They do watch, which their parents do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a line in my new book where I write that for classically in all of our evolution, first, we look up to our parents. Then we look down at them. And then finally, we look at them. Hmm. All right, And then we go
0: through another pause moment.
1: <laughs> I feel like the title, the title of the show is just going to be <laughs> Noah and his choir of hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh... No.
0: So uh, for those that have not. Uh, they may have heard of Jacob the Baker, but uh, I've not read it. Uh, I, I carry in my mind the synopsis of what that story was about. Give us the, you know, the headline.
2: Uh, let me give you the background if I might first. Sure. I had, uh, I'd been a dean at UCLA. I'd been invited to give a lot of uh, talks in my late twenties, uh, People uh, said very kind things, and I was highly touted. I'd been a fellow at some long-range think tanks. I came to Santa Barbara here as a fellow at a long-range think tank place called the Center for the Study of Democratic Institutions. I was 30. My colleagues were 70. It was a very heady place to be invited and be involved with some rather amazing people. Uh, I decided I wanted to start a bread company, had two young kids. Uh, Somebody wrote me and said, I want to do an interview book with you with all the stories you told when you talked in the 20s. I said, great, send me the questions. I'm really busy now in my life. I had this company that was exploding. I had my kids. So a couple months later, he wrote me and says, there's so many interview books. He says, why don't you do a book about uh, a baker who's really a wise man that people are always coming and asking questions to. I know it sounds like a fairy tale, but your life is a fairy tale, and why don't you do it? So I took me about six months, and uh, two years. I got to work at between 4 and 6 in the morning. That was the time sure. I'd do it. And uh, Jacob is a poor but pious baker who lives an anonymous life in a timeless world. And while he's waiting for the ovens to come to temperature in the morning, unknown to him, one of his notes that he writes to himself, trying to make sense of life to himself, gets baked into a loaf of bread. A woman purchases the bread comes upon the note, is incredibly moved, and suddenly the whole town rushes to the bakery to see who is this person, and they begin asking him questions about prayer and life and friendship, and the children come after school and sit on the flower sacks, and Jacob speaks to them in parables and stories and in the voice that is my voice. And Mm -hmm. um, uh, Jacob the baker, and uh, I've been... uh, There was... I. uh, what was going to be a book for a small publishing house? Some be, several people came in. It was a cross bidding. Random House bought it. Uh, there was three books, uh, Jacob the Baker, Jacob's Journey, Jacob's Ladder, and this new book, which I've just finished after 20 years, called What Grows Never Grows Old with Jacob the Baker. And the book's been translated into 18 languages and sold millions of copies around the world, uh, uh, for a comic relief on oneself. Uh, one of the countries where it's been hugely successful was Korea, where all three of the books were the top ten bestsellers. No mm-hmm. kidding. And people asked me, and sold me a copy, and they said, how could you explain that? I said, I don't know, maybe my translator's a better writer than I am. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, so that's, that's uh, um, the premise. Jacob Baker was really has been a gift in my life because it allows me to move into the mindset of somebody who's a better person than I am and draws me into that fully and engaging, it sharpens me. And um, it's, it's been a blessing again, you know, to know you were blessed is its own blessing.
0: You talked earlier and we've talked about knowing oneself and that the real business is about yourself. Uh, Tony Robbins, he, he talks about, you come here to work on your business, so let's work on yourself first and, and so that's consistent with things that I've Look, heard. If to,
2: to to the to this point. What is the truth in one metaphor is <clears throat> gonna be a tr- is going to be true in another metaphor or it's not a truth. Hmm. So if you are looking at architecture, when you build the foundation for a building you have determined how high that building's gonna be. Exactly. So that's the point, folks. You wanna you wanna you wanna build a skyscraper out of your life? Make sure you got a foundation that will support a skyscraper.
0: I want to end it right there. That was perfect because I want to think about that foundation and how strong of a foundation have I built, how tall of a building do I want to have when I leave it for my kids to enjoy and my grandkids to enjoy. Thank you so much. May you go from strength
2: to strength, Mark. And continue to be a source of strength to others. My blessings.
0: Wow. This was a good one, folks. I wanna I wanna thank you so much. How do people find you on the internets? Uh Noah, uh com. N-O-A-H,
2: B-E-N-S-H-E-A, dot com. I'm also executive director of the Justice Project, and that is JusticeProject.org, we're a nonprofit foundation trying to help a lot of kids in tough places i invite you to take a look at that
0: i want to have you back on the show we're going to talk about a lot of different things one of the things uh we do on the show is so we've we've talked about a lot of different things in 45 minutes and to attract people to listen to this we need a great title what would we call this conversation in in like five words or less A conversation with Noah Benchia. Okay, there we go. Thank you so much and I want to thank again California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Uh, They've just very very supportive and bringing us interesting speakers and very supportive of the show. And I also want to thank our podcasting partner, Pool String Press. You want to go and listen to their shows. They you've got you've got what a couple
1: of new shows now. Yeah, we're uh, we're working Cat and Cloud. The coffee podcast has exploded with two championship baristas, uh, Jared Truby and Chris Baca. Uh, our comedy show with Kimmy D. She interviews her comedy friends from around town. Uh, and of course, Towned, our flagship show, the show that got it started. And that's where we uh, we meet everybody uh, in the neighborhood and we find out what exactly it means to be a community. And coming up in a couple of weeks, we have uh, current mayor, Helene Snyder, coming on the show, which is pretty exciting.
0: Looking forward to that. Yeah. So the 805 Project, is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. We want to thank all of them as well. More information is at 805connect.com slash partners. Remember, we can use your support. Patrick, tell them uh, what they could do to help us out.
1: Well, uh, that I love this question every week. Uh, and one of the best things is uh, that you can go and find any podcast application out there and uh, you can check to see if 805 Conversations is on it and if it's not send us an email because we would like to be on absolutely every podcast app that's on every phone in the world Uh, we just partnered with Stitcher.com Yep, and so we are now on the Stitcher player and you will be able to hear us uh, through. you might be listening right now through Stitcher and if you are and you enjoy that let us know Um, we love partnering with new podcast apps uh, that are out there
0: thank you Patrick so until next time this is Mark Sylvester your host for 805 Conversations.